they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, fellow patriots, and welcome to another episode of Allegedly Bravo, the podcast about all things reality crime. I'm Cash. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, it's been one of those days. I will just preface that I did absolutely no research. I am not going to participate at all in this episode. Lauren (laughs) is going to lead this discussion. I have been so busy and overwhelmed with work. Yeah, because (sighs) one of us is a lawyer and one of us is not. And guess which one is the busy one. (laughs) We told we yeah. remember last episode we left. It was kind of like a little bit of a cliffhanger. Like, which one is it? (laughs) It's her. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, and also, I guess we should address the audio issue. You know, you guys, I have been just hunkered down in my little loft in my cave. And I have, I know the audio has been terrible. I've been stuck up in the second story and it's just been super echoey. So I've rotated positions. So hopefully this sounds a little bit better and our audio sounds a little bit more even. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying, I mean, you know, we're just here to we're have just here fun. to have fun. And you know, if you would like to sponsor our <laughs> podcast by like providing professional audio editing and manipulation, oh. like by God, feel free. Please, 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 please. Cause my microphone is hanging on my windowsill and I'm currently doing work on a plastic folding table. Yeah. So and that that's just because we're currently out of our apartment, but you know, it's first world problems for sure. Yeah, exactly. And you know, shout out to my bro because I told my brother about our podcast and he was very much intrigued. At least it sounded like it on the phone. <laughs> that's really nice. Of and him. so I really, I really hope we gained a new listener. Me too. If you're listening, thank you for listening. I mean, I highly doubt he is listening. You, because- you know who you are. <laughs> All five of you. <laughs> I doubt he's listening because he just recently got rid of his smartphone and has now transitioned to a flip phone. Oh, there's no way. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> so I don't think yeah, you were really funny. I'm so proud of my sister. He's like, what station is your podcast on? What station on the radio? <laughs> what station? That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, how is your day going? You haven't really... <sighs> What? It's been going good. It's just, I'm studying and it takes all day. You know, it really what does. Is, Every minute is an hour. What topic are you studying? Today I'm studying Civ Pro. Um, oh my God. Really quickly. Just the fact that you said every minute is an hour when it comes to studying for the bar is so accurate. Yeah. The days just fly by, Ugh, but also drag. It's like, now I'm like, okay, cool. We're recording this. It's 6 47 PM. I'm like, where did the day go? I've been up for 12 hours mm-hmm. and I learned three things. Yeah. But I also did this really fun, um, clubhouse room with Shira scoop 2.0. So uh-huh. if anyone wants to, if you guys are on clubhouse, Shira scoop 2.0, her room is really fun. And also we have a clubhouse room called allegedly with two explanation points we have two rooms technically well no we have one room but two profiles like i have a profile and you have a profile and together we have a room oh okay so this is why 
Yeah, I don't. I know nothing. We're old people. <laughs> I know nothing, but I I did hop on the clubhouse bandwagon and listen to Lauren give a little presentation, and it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I thought clubhouse when I first heard some comedians talking about it, I was like, this is so stupid. But man, jumping on, like I was able to pop into so many different conversations. Yeah, it sounds fun. It is. And it's live. So there's a little bit of spontaneity, you know, is that I feel like I can't. That's talk today. totally a word. Like we Spontane- did. Not- spontaneity. Spontane- spontaneity. Spontan- spontaneity. There. Spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> We did. You guys, our- I took an edible and I'm oh. two white claws in my Starbucks cup. <laughs> We're ready to go. She is not participating. She is not stopping. No. She's taking edibles. She's plowing down white claws and she's here to listen. White claws, no laws. And I am here as a student. And I'm going to teach you, but really quickly first, like, I'm so sorry to go backwards, but I did want to say we had such an amazing clubhouse with classic sky tops. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We had one with classic sky tops. She has an Instagram classic, like the word sky tops, like the the women of Orange (laughs) County's tops, classic sky tops. We had the most fun trial on whether we thought Heather Dubrow deserved to come back on Real Housewives and like reclaim her orange or not. And I have to say, classic Sky Tops made a pretty good argument for not being a lawyer. She, she made a fabulous argument. She was so funny. So your guys' banter back and forth was hilarious to listen to. And the fact that she brought up the hexagonal ice was just oh my so God. hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. And I mean, I still stand firm that I actually, you know what? What? I, uh, I was going to say, I stand firm in my, my hate for Heather DeBrow, but I'm also excited to see her grace our screens again. Right. Like she so, brought up some pretty good points. Like I she, am a little excited. She did bring up really good points, but I'll never admit it. And you know what? I really have to give it out up to sky tops for her Instagram handle because did we all not own one of them? Like we all owned one of those. I mean, tops. and our moms own those tops and we were like, mom, can I borrow your top? Like, let me buy that top. My prom dress was a sky top dress. Basically. No. Yes. It had one of those like big dazzled ten- medallions. Not a, not a bedazzled medallion, but it was, I mean, it was definitely a medallion in the center of my chest, like between my boobs where it gathers all right there, but it, it didn't gather. It was like a really pretty sign. It was so cute and it was so fashionable for the time in 2006, but that's what I just (laughs) seeing her, her Instagram handle just gave me so many flashbacks and I loved it. There was so much nostalgia. It is a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, it's so fun. Uh, like she needs to make another Instagram handle called, uh, what's her name? What's shit? What's her name? Lynn's Cuffs or something. Oh my God. Lynn's, <laughs> Lynn Curtin's Cuffs. Lynn Curtin's Cuffs. The handle's probably taken by Lynn Curtin's Cuffs. I bet she's still slinging them. Dude, she used to make so much money off of those. Okay. Where'd it go? Well. Remember when they got evicted on TV? I, um, all right. So Lauren, can you tell us why are we here? 
Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly why we're here. So let's place us, let's place us in the moment. Take a deep breath in and out. We're centered. We're in the moment. So before we got to this moment in the other episodes that you can go back and listen to from beginning to end, um, we laid out the housewife and the hustler. We told you guys the story about who Tom Girardi is in this world, how big his impact is, the cases he litigated. What? I don't don't know why I thought you were going to say how big his dick is. How big his wee wee is. I guess we would say how little, how little the weenie is. I was like, gross. (laughs) And then we taught you guys all about divorces and what's going on and the assets and the debts. Um, Hot tip that I picked up today. Mm -hmm. There's already like the community property between Erica and Tom is already subject to a $5,847,411.54 lien from a company. So already off the top, already off the top, there's a lien on the community property, which is why we taught you guys about the community property. And then we obviously told you about the conservatorship. Conservatorship blew up last week with the Britney Spears of it all. And I mean, my God, I don't think I've ever said the word conservatorship as much as I did last week in my whole entire life combined. Yeah, I agree with you. The last time I talked about conservatorships this much was when my colleague tried passing off one of her trials to me and I was absolutely petrified. And I was like, please, no. (laughs) no (laughs) okay so like we did all the you know the littler stuff you know we did the divorce the conservatorship you've said those words before like I just there's so much there's so much but I believe that our listeners are ready to like go up a level so do I and this is this is the best part This is the best part. And when I tell you we're taking it up a level, it's like, if you've said the word conservatorship, assets, or disillusion out loud, say them again, and then get ready to add bankruptcy, fraud, fiduciary duty. You want to learn about the duties? I love fiduciary duties. I love that. I love, love, love that term. And you know what? We're going to... We're going to elevate the shit. We're going to elevate the shit. So congratulations to all of our patriots. You are comfortable using legal jargon in your everyday life. And you're ready to learn about fucking bankruptcy. And you're basically a one L, which in legal term is your first year of law school. Yeah. So you could go ahead and put that feather in your cap. Allegedly Bravo law school. (laughs) Unaccredited. That's the way we like it. No accredited flying no by the seat of our pants. No license to do business. No you know, homework. you might, you might not learn a lot, but you'll hear a lot. You'll hear a lot because yeah. we just don't be, we won't be quiet. Okay. So according to the LA superior courts website, this is information from November of 2020, so, which ding, ding, ding. Is right around the time Erica Jane filed her divorce. Exactly. So just so everybody knows, like more claims have been 
tacked onto this, but where we're at in the terms of Erica filing for her divorce at this point, Tom Girardi has a suit against him for medical malpractice. Another Mm -hmm. one for, I'm sorry, legal, another one for legal malpractice, contractual fraud, another contractual fraud, breach of contract, breach of warranty multiple times. Other complaints, breach of sellers contracts, and also um, breach of written agreement, just like all kinds of. Do you think it would be easier to talk about the laws that Tom Girardi didn't break? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Like we'd have nothing to talk about then. Cause like, this is crazy. I mean, he's just getting like, I mean, left and right. Well, and really quickly for our listeners, just to set the scene of who Tom Girardi is, I want you to go and watch, all of you guys have probably watched it, but the most recent episode of Beverly Hills, where they do a flashback and they do a montage of Tom Girardi's behavior in public on camera, it's about 30 seconds and you will remember what a monster he is. Exactly. And remember, that is who we're talking about. We're not talking about the old cute guy who was an attorney. Forget about his eyebrows. Uh Uh-uh. You know who I thought he looked like the other day when they did a flashback of Tom sitting at the table with Erica? He has a really cone-shaped head, and he reminded me of Sloth from Goonies. Have you seen that? I have never seen Goonies because Mm. I just don't watch movies, but I believe you, and I agree. Just put that, put that put that in that reference in the back of your head and Google it later. Okay. And it's, I cannot unsee it. (laughs) Good. I'm excited. Okay. So we've got a shit storm. A shit storm is a Bruin. So the, so here we go. Erica files for dissolution, right? And Mm -hmm. the internet's starting to pick it up. Hmm. Why is Erica filing for divorce? Okay. Well, not long after that. I'm talking like December 8th. Okay. Around. around. So one month after she filed. Not even a whole month. Oh, no, I guess. Yeah. A month yeah, after a she month filed. Yeah. Two days or something. I'm sorry. Yeah. So a month after she files, this law office called the Law Office of Philip R. Sheldon filed a claim against Tom Girardi, claiming breach of contract, breach of fiduciary duty, fraud asking for an accounting and demanding a jury trial and stating that Tom Girardi and Girardi Keese owed this loss, the Philip Sheldon law firm, $900,000. And the reason why they're saying this is because in 2008, 2009, Philip's firm and Tom's firm entered into retainers together with a bunch of people who got injured because um, a cement factory like let out emissions that like caused a bunch of injuries. Mm-hmm. So Phillips firm and Tom's firm went in together to like do all this stuff. And they agreed that they would re- share the recovered fees from the suit 50, 50 mm-hmm. and that Philip would be reimbursed for all his claims. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. Philip was not reimbursed. So, right. So Philip's like, what's going on? What's going on? Finally, they get a cash settlement and Tom's office keeps all the money and has it deposited into allegedly into Tom's, you know, attorney trust account. So then Philip 
alleges straight to Tom's face, like, Hey, like, I feel like you're kind of keeping our money. Like what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Tom goes, Oh, we're calculating it. And don't worry because we don't have it yet. But when we have it, you'll get it. And then Philip um, writes a letter to Tom and is like, yo, bro, like enough is enough. The gig is up. Like you owe us all this money. And why haven't we seen any of it? And of course, Tom writes back a, a letter, dear pal, like ugh, dear pal, I know you do not believe this, but we are getting close. It's like, ew, okay. The the fact that this is now becoming a consistent Mm -hmm. character trait tactic that he is using, it just goes to show how diabolical and what a fucking monster he is. So predatory. So predatorial and... I don't want to say this, but go ahead. I'm kind of sympathizing for Erica just a smidgy. Okay. Well, just you hold on to that and don't get okay. it out yet. Okay. okay. Well, it's just that like, it, if he is this manipulative with clients, business professionals, like what do you think he's capable of doing at home mm-hmm. in a closed setting behind closed doors? Listen, I agree with you. And I think that's actually a very important thing to bring up. So yeah. I'm- and oh God, I feel like I'm doing a total 180, but no, but we have he- to here, represent both sides here, but here at allegedly Bravo, if we are, we are just, sometimes we're just not consistent. We're absolutely not consistent and we're just no. walking through it. So I can understand why you would why I mean, yeah, let's bring it up. Like, yeah, maybe he I mean, he's clearly manipulative. Super manipulative. And I just wonder mm-hmm. if she felt so trapped, but if she was feeling like why all of a sudden was she feeling to the point where she could not she could no longer go on and she had to file for divorce. That's where then I start to lose my sympathy. And I'm like, oh, this is totally methodical, totally thought out. And it's to protect their assets and to protect Tom. Because if he was that manipulative, that aggressive, and potentially abusive to her towards her, you think that she would have left during the early stages of Beverly Hills when she had her own income, where she could have gone out on her own. And again, I'm flip flopping. Here we go. No, and I think let's flip flop. That's yeah. That's okay. What we're here so, to do. so well, I guess we'll render though. We'll render a final judgment at the end of the episode. And, but and we right can now, change it next time. As a juror sitting here listening to your argument, uh-huh. I don't know how I feel. Okay. That puts a big spotlight on me and I'm feeling, I'm now feeling a little warm. And oh, chunky. you're schwitzing? Yeah, yeah, I'm schwitzing. Okay. So then, you know. Can the I, ca- wait, uh-huh. can I just tell you a funny story? Like oh, when just you even expressing your anxiety of potentially being giving like a closing argument in front of a jury, just really gave me a flashback to my days Ugh. of jury trials and how much you absolutely sweat and you have to dress strategically. Like you can only wear, at least for me, like I could only wear black. Why? Because someone told you or because no, just out of fear. Like I never mm. wanted to stand up in front of the jury and, or approach a witness and have like a sweaty back or like sweat huh. stains on the back of my, cause I sweat behind my knees for some reason. Can I ask you, did you ever, are, were you a pants suit 
attorney or a skirt suit attorney or <laughs> both? So there's actually, so I, I would wear a pantsuit all of the time to court just on general appearances in trial. I would generally wear a dress with black nylons and a black jacket and black heels. And I, I had a trial dress that I would wear and it actually became a joke in our office that every time I would wear the specific dress, I would, my trial would for some reason go away. Oh, uh-huh. it was my lucky trial dress. Oh, wow. Or, yeah. Lucky for, lucky for someone. So my, lucky so my on trial. Yeah, I would go to trial. I'd be prepared and ready to go out to trial on Monday and like the defendant wouldn't show up or they would (laughs) want to settle or the jury panel couldn't sit because of, you know, because of COVID. Like, so anyways, but you're just like, you're giving me anxiety. Well, I have anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, don't make me keep talking because I'm scared. So then he, then Tom kept blaming these. He goes, the KCC class action services for the holdup, which um, we'll get to a little later, but like a lot of attorneys, just so that uh, people know, like whenever you're like having a deposition or, you know, a lot of discovery requests or, you know, electronic discovery or subpoenas and all that, like a lot of attorneys office have to contract out with different businesses. Like there's a, there's a service that comes and takes your documents and goes and files them with the courthouse. There's a courier. There's a this. So this KCC class action services, I'm assuming is a group that helps attorneys facilitate some part of a class action suit. And so he's saying that those people were holding up attorney Phil's money. Um, And he just wouldn't shut up with the pal shit. Okay. So then a little bit later, this lady named Judy comes out. This is like, probably today <laughs> comes out and she's suing Tom for malpractice, breach of fiduciary duty, fraud and conversion. And then the law office of Robert P Finn versus Tom, the same oh. thing as Phil, but for $4 million. Wow. And then like a little bit after that comes the Joseph Rio Gomez, the guy from the San Bruno explosion that we saw in Housewife and the Hustler. Then he files a claim saying that he has an order that Tom owes him $11,118,094.25. Okay, so question. You've listed a lot of... Oh, I was supposed to make you do math. Yeah, you've listed a lot of complaints that have been filed against Tom. Mm-hmm. Have all of these, because you mentioned that the first one was filed in December. I think that was the bankruptcy. Was that the bankruptcy? So we're not even at the bankruptcy yet. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the first complaint that was filed in December against it was, Tom. So uh-huh, the breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty. Okay, so are all of these, have all of these been filed in December? Are these So just- these are all literally coming in one after another, after another, after another, like rapid fire, hot off the press. The clerks must have just been like, are we on mushrooms? Why is this happening? So when you say they're coming in back to back to back, what do you mean? Like back to back days, back to back? Like, like like where I'm at telling you, like December 8th, December 8th, December 8th, December 9th. Holy shit. 
So do you think that the a bunch of attorneys kind of got together and they were having oh, yeah. mega conference calls and they were Oh, I'm sure. You know how attorneys are. Yeah. I mean, that's you think that's, we talk shit? That's what a lot of people don't understand how small the legal field is and how often attorneys are friends with one another. They talk shit each on other. each other on not going to lie, the clients I wouldn't necessarily say talk shit, but they vent to each other. And yeah, um, a lot of, I mean, you rely on attorneys for advice. You rely on people for recommendations, referrals. And Mm -hmm. so I just bravo to the men and women that banded together to take Tom Girardi down. They are the real heroes along with our victims of all of the class actions. It reminds me of when, um, I think Tamara told Shannon Bedore that Terry and Heather wanted to take the Bedores down. <laughs> they all just came together to take Tom down. It's all about unity, you know? Yeah. Just having a common purpose. And our common purpose is this. So yeah, the real Gomez, Joseph real Gomez, um, his $11 million outstanding amount owed by Tom to him. Oh, I just like stuttered. Um, his 11 million balance owed from Tom to him is an interest accruing amount. So like every single day, these are going up and up. Yeah. So then December, 2020. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's just so sad that he will never see that money. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Okay. I thought so, too. Yeah. That's okay. that's the terrible part. Like. I, uh, the people, the businessmen and women out there that have breached a contract, they will recover that money. They will be successful in their careers. But somebody who is a victim who has been, it's just, there's no way that you're going to, he's ever going to get that money back unless we start a GoFundMe, which I think we should. I think we should too. Well, we should at least do something. Yeah. Um, but then in December, 2020 still, so this is all happening at the beginning of December mm-hmm. of 2020, an order against Tom in a KCC class action services versus Tom Girardi. Do you remember from Phil why he couldn't pay Phil? Cause he said KCC class action services was holding him up. Well, they were suing him because. Tom owed them money. You're gonna die. What? Get, guess how much Tom owed KCC Class Action Services? Twenty million. Pretty damn close. Twelve million dollars. He personally guaranteed 
$12 million. So at this point, we're almost at 20. No, we're but we're almost at $30 million that he owes people. Correct. Correct. So now he's yeah. $12 million, but he's already paid of that 12 million, 4.5 million to class action services. So outstanding on the $12 million amount is $7,500,000 owed to KCC. Jesus. So at this point in December, it's all around the same time, I believe this would be like the 14th of December, allegedly around give or take, on or about. So the U.S. District Court of Illinois gets involved mm-hmm. and there's a motion that's being filed in that court. So meanwhile, in this section of America, while shit's hitting the fan in LA for Tom Girardi, additional shit is hitting the fan in Illinois with Tom Girardi because everyone's like, wait, 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 wait. We settled this whole Lion Air suit and we put all these documents under the seal, but we actually need these documents unsealed. Um, the documents were sealed because the settlement agreements involved like minor kids, you know, that kind of stuff. It's confidential. Yeah. So they're like, well, we actually need them unsealed because we're concerned that Tom Girardi's actually misappropriating the funds and like none of these people are getting paid. And so Tom filed a response to that motion and kept the entire response sealed. So like, we have no idea what his response is to that accusation. I'm sure it just says that he's suffering from dementia and the proceedings should be suspended. Exactly. exactly. I know it's not, I know it's not a criminal. I don't, it's civil, correct? Yeah, this is civil. Um, so then, well, I guess, I guess proceedings can still be suspended and civil because the defendant has competency issues, which I'm sure is probably happening. Right. Cause if it was filed under seal, yeah, I'm assuming there's some allegation of, well, he said Tom and everyone else does. Well, oh, his declaration, you mean Tom's declaration? I am assuming there, it contains medical information. Oh yeah. Or something about money. Well, I think it's a comp, I think that's their whole defense is competency. Yeah, that's true. So he's probably telling the Illinois court that. Well, yeah, he's got to be consistent. Right. So the judge gets around to it and enters a judgment um, and says, you know what? You really weren't paying these people. You owe each of them $2 million plus interest. And we find you in contempt because you weren't following the order laid out where we said you owe these people money and you need to pay them. And so now we're freezing your assets. So at this point, shit's hitting the fan in LA. Tom's assets are frozen and he now owes an additional $4 million. We are in still December. This is coming out on December 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. You know, I'd get dementia too. Yeah, it's like, no, you're not having dementia. You're having anxiety. Yeah, and or a stroke. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like, oh, and by the way, all those amounts we talked about, the 12 million, the this, the that, they're all accruing interest. Yeah, which is wild. And don't Mm -hmm. forget that the temporary conservatorship was filed in February of 2021. We're not, right. And we're only- 
We're only in December. December. Yeah. So to sit here and say, oh, this information, Erica had no idea. I Oh, poor Tom. No. 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 Uh-uh. So well, really quickly, did you uh-huh. notice on last night's episode, well, the other night's episode of Beverly Hills, when he, when she said, you know, you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. Tom's got a lot a lot going on that people don't know about, or there's a Uh lot to come. He's got a lot that he's facing. It's like, you're saying that. So you're admitting that you knew. Oh my God. You're admitting like you're admitting that, you know, something's going on. And so it's like, what is it? Are you, are you upset? Cause he doesn't say, I I love you. And he gives you a cold shoulder when you're at home. Or do you, are you filing for divorce because he's a fucking liar and a fraudster misappropriating funds and yeah, that's, and you're doing it to protect your assets. Like that's why I was I was just going off on our Instagram because he's such she's such an actress. Mm-hmm. She's such a liar. I don't mm-hmm. believe it. See, this here we are. We're flip flopping. We well, flip flopping. It's our job to flip flop. We need to hear both sides of the argument, or else how do we make a rational decision? You know who I am. I'm that movie split where he's got just multiple <sighs> personalities. Truthfully, like I also haven't seen that movie. Either have I. I just oh. don't know the That's funny. I just know the general theme. <laughs> but um, but I that's agree. why I have I just have a hard time with it. Like it's it's been so thought out. And had he actually been suffering from dementia, this is what I I mean, who knows? We might see it later on in episode. Allegedly. When, and then we'll apologize. And then we'll apologize. She might be saying, yeah, it, people don't know what's going on behind closed doors because maybe she's going to mention the dementia of it all. Mention the dementia. Mention the dementia. So we TBD, but if she does not mention his dementia at all throughout the season, mm-hmm. red flag. Mention the dementia. I agree. My ears are going to be perked the fuck up. Uh, yeah. Um, one other moment from last night's episode that like really, um, bothered me and I replayed it a bunch of times and I actually have it on my phone right here to play for you again. Okay. Was when Erica and Lisa Rinna sat down at that weird outdoor, (gasps) like picnic area that also looked like (sighs) a community backyard and, um, nothing was painted correctly. And Erica is then goes into her talking head and she's in that cheap eighties divorcee outfit with like yeah. the bad eyebrows that look like that cartoon of the dog with eyebrows. No, they're her caterpillar eyebrows. Yeah. It was so bad. So th- she gets into her talking head and she's telling the story and like, I'm going to play it for you and listen very carefully because I caught something. Okay. And I want to see if you catch something. Well, this is the scene where we posted on our Instagram that Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane are deserving Emmy for best actress and best supporting actress because those two together, it was so uncomfortable. It was so fabricated. Yeah. I don't know if anybody, I mean, assuming you got that vibe, but I want to know if anybody else got that vibe because it was so awkward. Lisa Rinna pretending like she's genuinely concerned about Erica Jane's life. Because I think Lisa Rinna, so they should have actually had Garcelle sit down with Erica to get this information out. Oh my God. I love Garcelle. Because Rinna is too much of like a little fool, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah. She gets all excited. Like you can see it. Just, but I love Garcelle's very, like, she's so calm. And she asked the question, like, you know, like Garcelle asked the question. We're all wondering, like, yeah, Garcelle's now. Garcelle's one of us like she's asking the hard-hitting questions that we want to know whereas Lisa Rinna is just engaging in the conversation because she wants some time on screen I don't she doesn't care she doesn't care and like let's let us not forget that Garcelle delivered the line shouldn't she have just waited Garcelle runs circles around all of these women oh my god every single time she is on camera she's working she's creating a new business deal and she's looking in the future of how she can be more successful i stand by it she's the hardest working housewife and she always has somebody else like on that she's like hey this is my matchmaker friend and now that bitch is going to be the hottest matchmaker ever. Oh my gosh. They were having like a legit therapy session. Yeah. Oh, I love Garcelle. I love Garcelle too. I, I, I just want to be part go- of her like sorority or something, you know, like I want her to just like, I want to live with her. Yes. I want to live with her. I want to go to her house and I just want to spend the night. Me too. You know, you know that she has the best sleepovers oh my god you know she probably like when you show up she's probably got jammies for you just here fuzzy slippers i got a matching set here's a fuzzy slippers here's your glass of rosé Sutton has to be there she of course comes with a plate of those fancy ass chocolates and you know she's just got like good yummy food like she went for the chips and the dip and garcelle isn't like gonna try to shove some baked lay down my throat no she's like garcelle what is she's gonna give me a lay a ruffle if you will she's giving me a full fat you know okay let me play this clip for you about okay sorry shiver down my spine just like love garcelle thanks son turn around and walked into the, the firm and uh it's the last I've, I've seen of him. Did you hear that? The last I've uh, seen of him. Because to me, what I heard was like a lady in an 80s Lifetime original movie sitting there. She's looking off in the distance and she's like, and uh, he said, thanks, hon. Yeah. And uh, that's left. the last. Just, and when, and when she the last said I saw of him. I swear to God, she was saying, that's the last I ever saw of him. You know, like she's like looking at the edge of a pier. It's like she's playing up her Southern accent. Can and we play this, it again? Yeah, play it again. And okay. this insert clip right now for everyone. Okay, hold on. I didn't. Oh, thanks, son. Turned around and walked into the, the firm. First of all, I have so many questions. I know. Why is Erica driving Tom Girardi to work? Is this part of the dementia narrative? Don't even get. Oh, I'm sorry. Hoping, I'm going there. I, no, I know. I just hope that like we, I mean, we can't be the only people who have thought of that, right? Like, I'm just not trying to give Tom Girardi's legal counsel who clearly listens to this podcast for advice. Like, the idea that he couldn't drive himself to work because of this Erica's is, story. This is basically an MCLE. <laughs> this is an MCLE. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. How do we do we, we have to like petition the state bar to get credit so people can get credit? 
Do you have to be a member of the, wait, can I just buy the state bar Morton's dinner, please? I cannot stress enough how much I'd like to be a member of your tribe. Uh, um, (laughs) I am absolutely so over Erica Jane. And here we are. This is, this is where I'm at at this point in the episode. Okay. So we started at the beginning kind of with a little empathy and now we're just not having any of it at all. Like a little bit of empathy, but because I wanted to try to sympathize with her and say, oh, look, she may have been manipulated. She may have been abused verbally, allegedly. But then I'm thinking it's really difficult. She gives me not to quote Vicki Gumbelson's daughter, but she's an opportunist. She. Yeah, that's a good point. She's an opportunist, and I think that she was she was a victim of her circumstance, but she was somewhat on board. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because I'm like picturing in my head like Erica like snooping around the hallways of that big house, like going from like fireplace to fireplace, being like, I'm hanging up this photo of me. Wait. And then like being like, oh yeah, like no, yeah, your bladder sling case, huh? Thanks. Oh Lord. What? Do you want to tell people your crazy thought that you had last night about the chapel? Oh, I'll tell it. So I'm wondering, and you know, of course, based on nothing, I was so stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I think I've got a point and I would like to know if that you guys think I have a point too, but I'm sitting here (laughs) and I go, huh? You remember how everyone thought it was so cool that Erica Jane had a chapel in her house? Well, is that for tax purposes? Is he going to claim church versus state and that he's a religion and so like he doesn't taxes. yeah he's a 501c3 <laughs> and he's exempt so like forget it you guys like he's actually the charity so pay up lauren said because scientology does it i think yeah. tom girardi does it i mean <laughs> la is a weird place man you know truth like scientologists don't come for us god no i mean please god, don't like, please no i like don't i said, don't care i don't care i this yeah. isn't me caring so don't mistake it we love tom cruise <laughs> okay well don't get bold here okay. um just a caveat to that uh, if you ever watch a tom cruise movie i do invite you to look at the shoes that he wears because they have him in a high platform boot most of the time. Stop it. And also look at his hands. They are quite small. Okay. Also look at his teeth because they're crooked. They're off center. Like he yeah. has one He's tooth that- in the middle. He has like uh-huh. three, three front teeth instead of four, which whatever, like whatever, but okay. Okay. So here we are. We're like December, okay, yeah. January. We're still in December. Okay. So then. Clients, I know, clients from the Lion Air lawsuit come and they're like, okay, we need our money. Oh, they're saying, listen, Tom Girardi told us, okay, wait, let me start over. (laughs) You're going to have to edit the shit out of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) The clients from the Lion Air suit filed against Tom and this law firm called Jay Edelston um, PC. So the attorney's name is Jay Edelston and I'm going to call him either Jay or Edelston. And that's who we're talking about. 
Him and Tom Girardi together represented the Lion Air people from that airplane crash in Indonesia. And Tom Girardi had allegedly claimed to have settled the Lion Air, you know, deal after mediation with a judge named (laughs) Judge Donald O'Connell, which like truly rolls off the tongue. Donald O'Connell. Judge Donald O'Connell. So then Girardi like represented to all the people at the settlement meeting like, oh, yeah, I have express authority from my client to settle this case. And the clients were like, uh, wait a minute, we did not give you express authority to settle this case. And in <gasps> fact, we had fired you because we didn't think you were doing a sufficient settlement proposition. Wait, can we go back? That is such a great point about not having the authority to settle because that mm-hmm. is a rule of professional responsibility in California State Bar. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Housewife and the Hustler. He did that with the Rio Gomez case. Yep. If you remember, Kathy and Kim were sitting and they were talking and in the talking head, she said that, you know, Tom went and met with the attorneys and then comes out and says, oh, don't worry. I took care of it. We settled it. That is illegal. Right. You You have to, your, you have to have your client in the loop and you have to communicate the settlement terms with your client and your client has to agree for it in order for you to be able to accept that settlement term. And it usually has to be agreed between you guys in writing. It's so shady. Because think about it. It's not Tom Girardi's case to settle. It's not his money. It's It's these people. It's that guy. It's, you know, their loved one. It's, you know. Well, and don't forget the client is really in control. They should be. And they, well, they, yeah, they should be in control. And it's the attorney's job to educate the client on the law, to do his or her job, you know, doing all the best guidance. Yes. And, but really you have to keep a victim or a client involved at all times. You have a duty as an attorney Mm -hmm. and it just sounds like Tom is the worst attorney ever. I know. I don't know how we didn't hear about this sooner. Like, honestly, I cannot believe I'm still trying to pass this stupid test to be a part of this boys club because this is crazy. So then Hey, there's women. There's women, but I'm and we're talking taking about, over. I'm talking about this good old boys club, you mm-hmm. know, that Tom's paying off. Yeah. So, um, so Tom goes, Oh, those clients who lost all their who were like, Oh, you didn't give us a good enough settlement. We actually mm-hmm. fired you. They had hired new counsel, and the clients were like, We want our files back. And the new counsel's like, We want their files. And they were like, especially the part where you said that you communicated the um, settlement offer to the clients because they said that they did it in a WhatsApp message, but the WhatsApp message was never produced. So it's like just totally true that they didn't like, you know, communicate the settlement at all. So, so, shady. so Tom's assets are frozen back in, um, Illinois and Jay Edelson's firm files a motion to enforce that contempt order that was put on Tom to enforce that as to Erica as well. We'll be back after a quick break. 
I'm Shannon Jimenez-Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Nat W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, We've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. Oh, so they're holding her in contempt. So they're putting his contempt on her as well and saying that she has to be abiding by this contempt order against Mm. Tom. No, I've never heard about that, but I wouldn't, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because they're, it's community property. Yeah. So that's what they're saying. And then the, um, Tom Edelson, or I'm sorry, Jay Edelson's, um, firm put out this thing that was like, yeah, well, Erica Girardi is selling tens of thousands of dollars worth of clothing secondhand right now and promoting it on her Twitter. And in the pleading, just. Does that not just remind you of Kara Radswell when she was selling her Clarisonic? <laughs> I was going to say that she's selling like a toothbrush and like her old undies or something. That's like uh. literally what Erica was doing. And then the pleading, this guy, this Edelson attorney literally took the tweet, a screenshot of the tweet and embedded it into the pleading. And you know, you know, Edelson's wife is just a housewife oh. stan and she is working overtime for it's him. Like, here, and did this. It's just cranking out <laughs> all of the salacious goodies and giving it to him to attach as exhibits. I, my favorite part is that he included the actual screenshot of the tweet because it included a shopping bag emoji and a Christmas tree emoji. <laughs> and it just like reminds you of where we're at. Like we're at Christmas time. We're at the holiday time. We're at the height of the pandemic when everyone's like, fuck this. All shit is breaking loose all across America, all over LA County court, apparently in Illinois. And Erica Jane is like 10% off my secondhand clothing shopping bag emoji. <laughs> So the Edelson attorney saying that even though Tom and Eric are divorcing, Tom has an interest in that clothing that she's selling because, you know, it's community property and Uh she has really expensive clothing. Well, her assets are Tom's assets. So her assets are Tom's assets because all the things that they've acquired during marriage are presumed to be community community property. Mm -hmm. So now Jay Edelson who either him or his wife or his co-counsel is now going to be my best friend forever. Additionally, in addition to you, Mm -hmm. because another argument for the fact that Erica's assets should be frozen as well, because, and she should be enjoined from selling her clothes. He says, for example, one of the items offered for sale is a $1,000 dress from Australian label Ellery. Ellery was founded during the Girardi's marriage and the dress therefore could not have been acquired 
prior to the marriage. (laughs) I was just like, that is like such a good community property argument. Like, and I just kept thinking of Cher Horowitz from (laughs) Clueless being like, it's like a totally important designer. (laughs) And then he alleges in his little, in his motion, he goes, and then the company she's selling to is a French company called the Vestev Collection, Vesterier yeah. Collection or whatever. And he goes, Erica may be attempting to move Tom's out assets outside of the U.S. by selling them to <gasps> a French company. <laughs> I said, bitch, I love you. Come sit by me. Come sit by me. Let's have tea. Well, you know, my first question was going to be, why is she not doing it through Poshmark, which is, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like duh. the rats, the Ratsville way of doing things, but mm-hmm. that is such a conspiracy theory that I'm so on board with. I'm so on board with it too. Like, you know who I want on board with that? Dana. Dana, Pam, Dana, Pam, get on oh. board, girl. Call me. Let's go through the documents. I have the time. Well, after the bar, I have the time. <laughs> Your time is <laughs> I'm a little busy. Um, okay, so just to place you back in the moment, mm-hmm. per perspective, it's December 18th. Okay. It is the it is the season of giving, and all the Girardis are doing is taking. And this has all come to light in like 10 days, the last 10 days in December during giving season. And during like the most insane election we've ever had, like, and I mean, yeah, our president hasn't even been inaugurated yet and the election is still being contested. Right. And, (laughs) and, and Erica and Tom have just been like completely gutted in the media. So now it's December 18th, 2020, an involuntary bankruptcy was filed against Tom Girardi. So this means It's not Tom saying, I declare bankruptcy. It's the creditors, all the people who he owes money to being like, fuck you, pay me. And the court's like, yeah, you guys, like Erica, Tom, like, yo, what's going on? Like, how can you afford this? So the bankruptcy is like, yeah, for sure. Involuntary bankruptcy. Hold the phone. We got to get involved. Wait. So all of these creditors came together and are like band of brothers let's unite. So there was like two groups of creditors that came and bound together. So one was um, like a lot of his old clients, like the Kimberly Archie woman whose mm. best friend was um, real Gomez, Kathy. Yeah. And a bunch of other people, like probably the Judy lady. I don't have it at the top of my head, but it was like 15 other women or not women, women and men who, um, had suffered a loss at Tom's expense. Um, And also the other people on the other petition are this woman named Jill Callahan, successor in interest to Thomas Callahan, who was a breach of contract claim for $757,000. And then Robert Keese of Girardi and Keese. Um, I do want to issue a correction. I did touch base with a Dutch family member, and it is Case, not Keese. Oh, really? Girardi Case? It is Girardi Case. Like a case of wine? Yes. Oh, it is, but it is pronounced Case. Okay. 
So then Robert Case of Girardi Case. Wow. They That's better, hard. They better fix that. I mean, you can say keys because people will know what you're talking about. Well, but... no, if we know better, we do better. Okay. Well, Robert Case. It's my boyfriend's middle name. <laughs> yeah, then I like that. Robert, yeah, and yeah. it's my boyfriend's dad's name. And he... Let's just call it Dutch. Yeah, Case. Yeah. Breach of contract claim for $1.5 million. Ooh. So then that same exact day that the um, involuntary bankruptcy was filed, Veritex, which is one of those services that attorneys use, Mm -hmm. usually they do like court reporting for like a deposition or like a private trial because like some trials, it would take too long. So you don't want to like clog up the court system. So you hire a private judge and all that stuff. He owed them. $548,000. Could you imagine working for this monster, putting in time and time and time again, 12 hour days, and then him being like, oh, I'll just put it on my bill and I'll pay you later and never, ever getting that money? No, (laughs) no. So back to the bankruptcy. Um, they list a bunch of companies that Erica is a part of, um, EJ global LLC. She's a member manager, Girardi financial LLC officer secretary. There was a company called new nation, pretty mess records. Wait, what? She had all these companies and this one was called new nation, pretty mess records, LLC. That was I didn't know she had Pretty Mess Records. I thought she just had Pretty Mess, the LLC. So New Nation Pretty Mess Records LLC was suspended by the Franchise Tax Board. And then (gasps) regular Pretty Mess LLC was suspended by the Secretary of State. When? As of recent? I couldn't find information. It just said suspended by SOS. I'm, I'm assuming it's as of recent and not some of them were older. Like some of these were like formed in like, you know, 2001, you know, yeah. and then closed because they probably ran a bunch of money through it and then closed it. And yeah. then one was called candy rain LLC. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Um, to be noted. And I feel like this is something to be noted. Importantly, I looked up Girardi case on the California Secretary of State website. Mm-hmm. Nada. Well, they, I thought they I thought they dissolved the, the corporation. No, there was never a corporation. There was never an LLC. There was never a they never had a corporation called Girardian case. Never. How is that possible if they're firm was called Girardi case was it simply running on a partnership it was simply running on whatever Tom Girardi was doing allegedly so but it was there, a, it's it, never so it had to, been a registered business entity how is that possible when they have registered employees well that's why I'm wondering if it was uh, operating a under or operating under some of these other businesses and that's why payment was directed to EJ Global that one time for $20 million. I would love to see the payroll. I would love to see the payroll and see where the money is coming out of and paying mm-hmm. 
because they they had a bunch of attorneys a bunch of attorneys yeah. working there this is not a five to 10 person firm. I want to say there were 20, 30 plus attorneys working for that firm. I mean, we saw the building. It was a big building. Like there's, it'd be weird if it was empty. So yeah, I, I wonder if he, that's why there were so many companies that were, had Erica's name on them because I find it curious that Girardi case never existed. And I also just looked up regular old Girardi And it was like a random guy named like Frank or something who had died a long time ago. Like nothing for Girardi case. Um, So then the judge that was assigned to the bankruptcy recused herself. Have you ever had that happen? Say that again. Sorry. I was trying to read the Girardi case. Secretary of state. Yeah. Um. On December 21st, 2020, the judge that was assigned to the bankruptcy recused herself. Um, you have to, I mean, a, a judge has an obligation to recuse themselves if there's some type of conflict. So she may have known Tom Girardi. She may have known another attorney. She may have known another creditor or something hmm. where there was a conflict that had evolved. So it doesn't have to be scandal. Uh, no, but I'm sure... She probably recused her. I'm not going to speculate, but I mean, Tom Girardi was a huge figure in LA law, law. you know, the LA bar association. And so like I, like we said earlier, I mean, the legal field is very, very small. People know each other. And so there's a possibility that she ran in the same circle as Tom Girardi or, you know, where she felt that she could not be impartial and objective in rendering a decision. Yeah. So then on Christmas Eve, Kim Archie and that gang of creditors comes to the court for a Christmas Eve surprise and asks <laughs> for an ex parte. And they're like, we need a trustee because this man is out of control. And the judge is like, okay, Team Girardi, you have like whatever it was, 10x amount of days to file a response to this ex parte. Well, the deadline comes and goes and the Girardi team doesn't file a response, which we know from the divorce episode, if you don't, you respond. Right. So the judge ordered the office of the United States trustees to immediately appoint a chapter seven trustee, immediately take possession of all of the books, records, and account for Girardi and Girardi and co which from here on out is just going to be Girardi and co because everything's together now and ordered that the record should not be destroyed. And then um, asked that the petitioning creditors, like the group of 15, Uh um, that they post a bond in the amount of $10,000 each. I don't get that. Yeah, I I don't I don't know bankruptcy enough to be able to comment on that because I don't yeah. I don't understand why they would have to post bonds. So you guys can Google that because like we're yeah. not gonna do that. And that like we've again, done enough. Again. You can Google it. Again, we're here to have fun. We're here to have fun. So yeah. Like you you'll hear a lot, you won't learn a lot. Exactly. But you will learn a lot. But you won't. But you won't. <laughs> <laughs> So the 
judge is also like, by the way, like you wanted one trustee. Well, I'm feeling ultra generous. It's the holidays. We've all been locked up. (laughs) I'm appointing two trustees, one for Tom and Erica's community property and one for Girardi case, which is not an entity. Apparently. So the trustees are named and they both immediately retain their attorneys and search for all the assets. And they figure out that Tom has like two properties, one in Riverside, one in Pasadena. But Riverside. Both, I know. Like, why? Why? So and he's defaulted the taxes on both of those properties, which is assholey of him. Like, I mean. Not that we expected him to be held to any moral standard, apparently, but like those are the superior liens. So even if any money is recovered from Tom, like these get to get paid first, like the gov gets it first. Yeah, because he wasn't paying his property taxes. Right. So that's (sighs) why the trustees were like, we need to get this fool out of here. We need to fucking evict him. And that's why they were trying to get him out of the house because they needed to hurry up and sell it because they couldn't accrue any more daily interest and penalties on all this debt that he owes, plus all these debts and liens that are all over this property now. So then it comes out on January 10th. So this is like one month. No wonder. Tom's feeling dizzy, still no conservatorship. (laughs) Like we're still at the beginning. The memory is starting to fade. And all of Tom and Erica's donations start coming out, you know? And surprise, surprise, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot. Even the Democrats are bought. I promise you. Because every single donation on this list, Maria for Senate, a thousand dollars. Newsom, twenty nine thousand two hundred dollars. This is just for Tom. Tom made nine hundred ninety one thousand one hundred and eighty nine dollars in contributions to political campaigns. Newsom for twenty nine. Dave Jones for Attorney General. That person paid Tom a thousand nine hundred and seventy five. Like why? Newsom again. A fund her pack, lieutenant governors, attorney generals. These people are getting multi thousand dollar contributions. This, this corruption runs so, so deep, deep, and it's so it's so intertwined throughout the state of California. It's bad. It's really scary. It's really scary what being in a position of power will do with any money, even when it's not yours. So then that was just Tom. In addition to Tom's contributions to all these Mm -hmm. people, Erica made contributions of $529,622. Again, she received money from Dave Jones for attorney general in the exact same amount, $1,978, which I would like more information on. Um, All these attorney generals, $7,300. Attorney General Kevin Leon for Senate, a commissioner, an assembly member, a Senate member, all of these people. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, you can come around and be like, rich people donate money to political action campaigns. Yeah, their own money. 
Yeah. Like this is not all- the victims of yeah. wine air. <laughs> like, right. Like yeah. what the fuck? Like, I feel like now is our state being funded with like literal blood money. Bladder sling money. <laughs> I mean, this is horrible. Yeah. So yeah, all these people are coming out and they're joining in on the, you know, the fun of the bankruptcy and that's when the conservatorship like pops up and in Illinois, Jay Edelson, the attorney, he was like, you know what? I actually don't feel as though Robert should be the guardian that like you guys are all like kind of contemplating because um, we talked to Tom just very recently about all the money that he owes us from the Lion Air crash um, we just talked to him about that and he was like completely coherent. <gasps> oh. So in one county, Tom's filing paper saying he can't eat unless someone like forces him. And then this attorney's like, <laughs> we literally just got off the phone with him and he was tap dancing and doing math. <laughs> yeah. Like so and going crazy. on a date and going on a date. Right. Oh, it's just like so crazy. So the oh. gamesmanship that is happening the manipulation, it is. So this is where shit starts to get in my I mind. I stand by it. I this stand is... by it. Wait, really quickly. I uh-huh. stand by my, my comment. I think I made an episode or two ago. I think he's going to die. I bet he kind of is hoping is for thinking it. for it because, yeah. okay. So on february 2nd okay so this is like 18 days before the conservatorship Mm -hmm. so february 2nd the trustee of the bankruptcy take over takes over the house february 4th all over the headlines girardi pasadena mansion is burglarized (gasps) detectives are reportedly unsure of what was stolen what i didn't know this yeah what do you mean it was burglarized two days later yeah and apparently like the guy who was like also there um during the burglary said that tom really got the guy out of there it's like okay so he was like fine enough to defend his big old house from a burglar well in the fact that he knew it was his own house and like the burglar took nothing like well they don't know what he took they're reportedly unsure so you know what that's here's what dementia i'm gonna make a big old accusation right now big one you know what we're on a dark spiral so let it out okay I watched this documentary on Netflix and it was about this whole art scheme where it was like found out that like art was being stolen and the fakes were being sold. So the Uh real ones were hiding around. And I'm just saying that we did see Erica Girardi receive a Chagall painting on television and all of a sudden some things are stolen And I think that if someone's comfortable enough receiving a gift like a Chagall painting on television, just casually in the middle of the afternoon, there's other really big art in there. And I would wonder if someone like that would be involved in something like that. Allegedly. Allegedly. It's a wonderment. I'm wondering. Wondering if 
there is a capability to engage in that type of behavior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is so suspect. I didn't know that happened. I know. Okay, so then on March 8th, the Franchise Tax Board made a claim for over $5 million. This whole time, Tom Girardi's law license has not even been looked at, not even considered, and is completely active and is not made inactive until March 10th. (gasps) That's crazy. And isn't it true? Did you, didn't you say that he had received like 40 complaints with the state bar? I said that, yeah, that a lot of complaints came in and the, um, the guy at their people at the bar, like investigated them and quote, found nothing. But upon audit, it was like that judgment was false. Like there's something to be said for the Hmm. bad math. So scary. Okay. So here's the other thing. March 12th. Rio Gomez, those Uh creditors strike a deal with the trust people and they go, okay, $9,397,000 that you owe me will come from like the assets that are being sold or whatever. Uh And then um, $2,349,000 can come from like the estate, like the leftovers of whatever is left over when everyone gets paid, you know? Could you imagine being involved in a gas explosion, being entitled to a settlement of probably, I think we said what, somewhere around 20 something million, Mm -hmm. if not more, being entitled to that. And then your attorney being a total fraudster and you having to negotiate with creditor like or negotiate with the trustee of a bankruptcy well to and figure out where you're going to get your money from and they're having to s- divide it up in such a pathetic sad way of like you're going to get nine million from his house and then you're going to get the other two to three million from erica jane's purses dresses and cars right <laughs> right it's just it's insane to me like it, it it's so unethical it's preposterous I agree with you. And people were like kind of excited because they were like, oh, well, at least most of Tom's personal money can go like pay this guy back. And it's like, no, not really, because it was never Tom's personal money to begin with. Well, and the little amount of money that he doesn't have in his bank account is not enough to cover any of the debts that he owes. Right. So. This is where Erica comes in and Uh Erica files something for her portion of like the property of their community property and separate property and all Mm -hmm. that. She wants her portion of the community property to be exempt from this creditor coming for it. Okay. Okay. So like, good luck. Um, But here's, here's the deal. How Erica was like, yeah, I don't, you know, whatever. Did she know? Did she not know? Well, there's letters with her signature on them, (gasps) namely Uh one on September 17th, 2019. This is verbatim. I am married to Thomas V. Girardi, 
We have been together for more than 20 years. I agree that California Attorney Lending 2, Inc. has a first lien on any assets owed by Thomas V. Girardi and any assets which are community property with her fucking signature on it. So you want to go around telling me you didn't know, then why is your signature right there in black and white that you agree that you'll fall, you'll take the fall for it too. Okay. Not to play devil's advocate, but what if Tom Girardi is forging her signature? Yeah, I'd be interested, but it's usually the easiest path is the correct path. Mm, Yeah, but we're also dealing with an absolute monster and there is such a thing as a signature stamp. So well, let's see. Let's. I wonder mm. if that will ever come out. I well, want to. Sure, I, I wonder there's a way to bookmark that. Well, I'll just try to remember. I just. I, I would assume she's going to come out with guns ablazing in terms of her defense, and I. I. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if she's willing to throw Tom under the bus and make him look like an absolute monster, the monster that he is. Yeah. You know, because she's always been this like loving, devoted, just obsessed with her husband so grateful for her wife and Mm -hmm. so I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a 180 and she's going to play into this narrative that he's a monster I mean I kind of think so to save face too I think she had her own face yeah she wants like that yeah she wants to save face and I think that she's going because there's no more loyalty between the two of them because I think she always spoke so highly about Tom because that was her husband, blah, blah, blah. That but now was, I, yeah. she's starting to see this opinion coming from the public of, oh, wow, they're really believing that he truly is this terrible guy. And I so mean, now she's going to try to distance herself as much as possible. Here's the thing with Erica. Like, I would be more inclined to believe that if, like, we didn't just spend, like, the whole episode before this last one, like when we were on the fishing boat or whatever in Tahoe and she's telling Garcelle, Oh, I just talked to him. And like, how much do you love Tom? Yeah. Yeah. So I was having a hard time. Like, what am I supposed to believe? Yeah. I was having a hard time with that episode. Cause it's like, there's just so much to unpack to, because she's saying, because now her whole storyline when she met the ladies at Sutton's house is that she's this, you know, super, she's super sad. She's upset. She's lost the love of her life. Ugh. He treated her like crap. So it's like, if that, if that's what you were going through, why did you not ever vocalize it? And I know at the dinner when they were sitting down having lunch, she's like, I tried to keep it to myself because I don't want to put that on other people. But it's like, you would tell your friend if you were going through something. Yeah. That's why I think she knew more than she let on because she signed all these notes and she knew her feet were to the fire as well. I mean, I just, how can it be a surprise to you when, I mean, unless this is a forged signature, I'm not sure how this could be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why I think I stay. I, that's why I, I think that she knew and had an idea of what was going on. And she knew that the money was being shifted around into these other accounts and businesses. I think she was aware that that was happening. Yeah. Oh, Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> oh, a red what? light. 
Yeah, it's a red vine. (laughs) (laughs) I needed it. Okay, that's our cue to go. The red vines have come out. The sugar addiction is in full swing. And we're just going to see you guys later this week because I need a break. Okay, bye.